Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 342. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit, officially one week closer to playing the San Francisco 49ers and on the hook with the most wonderful looking man in podcasting, Jeff the Riz Brisden. How you doing, buddy? It is good to be with you. Uh, we apologize for the technical difficulties that made this start a little bit delayed. For those of you who are streaming this on YouTube, it's not my fault. It's Chris's fault. Um, I was good. I, I was on time for once. Um, so, yeah. Um, but he, we've got it all worked out, and we're going to have a very good show for you all. Yeah, we got some really, really good stuff. Again, this is going to be a great offseason. I mean, we it's, it's a t- tough time to have content. Uh, I'll, I'll tease something we've got going on in a little bit. Um, we've got, I think you guys are going to find a pretty, pretty spectacular, really, nobody's done it before. And it's, it's something, stories that need to be told. I think it's really, really interesting. So I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, but today's show, it's a big one. We got the wrap up of the rookie mini camp. I said it without stuttering that time, Riz. Uh, we signed Panay <laughs> Sewell. That was really cool. Who is swole? And speaking of things swelling, that's a very tenuous play there, but the Lions cap numbers. Uh, we'll, we'll break down where the Lions cap sits as of today, and it's 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 a really nice story. Swole is the word. Uh, Matthew Stafford had an interview with Sam Farmer, who I knew, ten, you know, I had connections to. Um, good guy, really, really great, great, very good seasoned NFL reporter who knows what the hell he's doing. We used to get to hear him on the radio <laughs> when I lived in LA um, once a week, and the stuff that he did and the depth he did it in. He's he's. He's, he's a good one. A TV guy who lives in the print format. With he's got a ton of great stuff, great stories, really, really good stuff. So we'll talk about that. There's coaching pressers that went on today. Um, why this year's UDFA strategy is different and possibly better than ever before for this team, at least as long as you guys remember, and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Rizman, you ready to go, brother? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Let's get in this. I, all I see in the chat right now is Chris takes a tequila shot as punishment. I am not reading up. <laughs> I am not reading up. I don't know. I'll do one for you, buddy. I, I, I like tequila. It's my liquor of choice. So Yeah. I love those shows where we do that. Um, maybe we, we call it drinking for dollars, I think. Um, tell people, you know, certain levels of. We should do that. We should actually do a whole just show of drinking for dollars where people can spend and we'll drink basically until the end of the show and they can watch us react to it the whole time do it as a public service to folks uh, n- to see what the effects of alcohol and otherwise normal yeah because I, i'm normally a fairly cogent person and i so I, I drink a lot um as you see i drink i drink a beer every time i do this but i i very very rarely get legally intoxicated i just and i learned this from from sammy hagar of all people he drinks nonstop, but he never drinks to excess and i don't either 
So uh, drink, drinking to excess would be uh, something new and unusual and fun for me, probably. I'll tell you and probably, f- probably more fun for the listeners and the viewers, because uh, I, I am a Chris, Chris. Chris, you know this about me. I am a weepy drunk. <laughs> I am a sentimental weepy drunk that uh, yeah. overshares a little too much. I've spent so, some time yeah. in the back of an Uber with you. <laughs> that was that was not my finest hour. No, but it was a great night. <laughs> it was a great night. Oh man, Malcolm and Ken and you and I just just tie oh, we shut, what is it two three places down? That was crazy, just absolutely. Yeah, they they made us leave one place and we went to another place and uh, um, they were they were shocked that we were like alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good stuff. And we'll do that, that was again. Training camp party this year. You can join us. We'll talk more about that coming up. Malcolm, um, Ken, I need a redo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. The Lions wrapping up rookie mini camp. Um, a lot of stuff going on here. Um, these guys finally, you know, you finally you spend all that time thinking about the draft with Senior Bowl, um, all the free agency, everything, trying to put the team together, and finally you get cleats on the field. No pads, no pa- no tackles, but we got the boys on the field. Matthew, yeah. Big Dom, thank you, brother. Having a beer and getting to join the pod live from an eighty degree front porch. Nothing better. Nothing better. Nice. Than you, Dom. You're, you're a great dude, man. I All almost right. did this from my front porch, but there's so much traffic and and everybody in my neighborhood freaking mows all the time. So it would just wouldn't have been good audio. So I, I'm inside. Uh, Leffler saying I looked in. Thanks, man. I, I've been I got I've been working the Peloton hard and, and trying to. When I drink, I do drink to excess, but I, I do it at very limited times now. <laughs> it's, it's the college. I, I learned. Sorry, I gotta take this 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 sidetrack. Um, I learned that it's it, um, it's recovery mode for your liver. Like if you if you give your liver time off, it can recover and get back to good a good state yes. again. So the yes, the whole if you're gonna I was seeing it. There's a comedian that does a thing about it. He's an Irish guy. He was talking about Irish weddings and he had to donate a kidney for his brother and all this other stuff. And he he talks about how um he learned that like he's trying to explain because they don't want like an alcoholic's kidney and all this. And he's trying to explain like what Irish drinking is and all that whole thing. And uh, when he found that, Ooh. he's like. I gotta tell me, lads. <laughs> You're like we're like an athlete. <laughs> so anyway, it's good stuff. All right, Lions rookie mini camp. We got our guys on the field. Really, really good stuff. Um, there's one guy in particular we're going to have on the show next week, and I'll, I'll talk about that. Yes, later. we are. Um, go ahead, Richard. And it's going to be it's, it's going to be good because he's an interesting case, um, and I have a couple of questions for him that uh, stem from his minicamp performance as well that I think uh, will be very fun to for him to answer. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great story. Um, we'll, 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 we'll tag that a little earlier or later. Okay. Yeah, so. it, it, it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. But yeah, so, so the big thing for me at rookie minicamp was that they didn't have a quarterback and they didn't have any offensive tackles. So that sort of tells you the intensity level and the, the install level of what they were allowed to do. They had they had their quarterback coach uh, Mark Brunel, who's a former NFL quarterback. Tanner Angstrom, who's a special assistant, I think, or an offensive quality control coach, something like that. Um, and he was a quarterback at San Diego, and apparently can still sling it. From all reports, the guy looked look, look like he can still play. He's our third quarterback. Sorry, Blah. <laughs> <laughs> David Blah's kicked to the sidelines. He's a, he's a player coach now. Slopping. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I mean Antoine Randall, L, former wide receivers coach, was a a, a slash player, yeah. uh, quarterback at Indiana, quarterback slash gadget player at at Pittsburgh with the Steelers. 
Yeah, so they they have a lot of camp arms for it, and uh, they had a couple of, of coaches that played offensive tackle. So the way that rookie minicamps are now, and it, honestly, it's a blessing that they had it because there's a lot of teams that, that you know, the, the NFLPA, if you care about the NFLPA and what's going on with it and what's going on with Denver, and I, I strongly suggest that you do, please check out what I wrote at Real GM. I'm going to do a shameless promo for it. I'm actually wearing the shirt. Um, it's up this week. Uh, the NFLPA has uh, painted itself into a very weird corner, and I'm not sure that they know how to get out of it with what's happened to a couple of players in in, in Denver. Yeah. And thankfully, that's not happening in Detroit. But uh, that tells you sort of why it was it was somewhat beneficial that the Lions actually got it in, because uh, th- there were teams that didn't have it. Uh, and there are teams that are going to skip the the next set of OTAs where the veterans won't be there at all. Uh, the Lions are not going to be in that group, even though they said that they were. It does sound like some of them will be in now, although that's that's all up in the air. And that doesn't start until next week. And it's, it's, there's, there's a full week. It might, it might actually be the, the week after that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going with the calendar. I can't even – I have no idea what – Dude, I have weeks. no idea. <laughs> I have no idea when Memorial Day is. I have no idea when my kids are done with school. I'm just going day by day. <laughs> uh, my son's last day of school is tomorrow. <laughs> no! I mean, oh, my God! They have a whole nother week, but he's got his last test that he has to do. And oh, yeah. Like, he, he's, he's, watching he's like super brilliant, so he's, yeah. Yeah, he's um, yeah. one person, as I say, T, too. He's, he's really... I don't know where he got it. Anyway, um, he already, he already took, a, he's, he's a, he's a sophomore, right? We'll, he's we'll a junior. junior. This he's is a, it, okay. Man. He's a junior. Okay. So we'll look at all the football schools so he can go coach. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So really quick, um, John Paul brings up a really interesting thing. What he's really excited for is to see the trash talking between the offensive and defensive coaches bleeding over to the players. That's something I hadn't considered with the how many coaches that are former players and the level of competitiveness they have in these sort of things. You know you typically during taint training camp get a fight or two. That could be intensified this year, couldn't it? it and it could be. And, and just knowing Deuce Staley a little bit, he's an intense dude. Anthony Lynn is a very intense dude. He, he's a gregarious guy, but he will also, like, if, if you push him, he's going to push you back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Glenn is a Parcells guy. We know what that entails. So, yeah, the, the, it, it's going to be fun this year. And I am uh, – one of the things that I'm very happy about, and I actually uh, set this up this week with my wife, is that I will be at every training camp practice this year. Nice. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that because uh, normally I have to split the time between Cleveland and Detroit. But this year I'm going to be in Detroit full time. And I've, I've been in Indianapolis and Chicago and – Pittsburgh and other places in Cincinnati. Um, this year is all Detroit for me, so it's going to be it's going to be fun. I will have a lot better feel for the the new coaching staff and, and all the new players in it. I'm very excited about that. So we have an open invitation from Malcolm for Atlanta for the game there. I don't know if you th- what you're thinking if it's if it's something you can do. I that, know you're that, that, that's going to be tough because that is in basketball season, yeah. and uh, uh, my kids are they're good. Sandman and I, though, are, are really focused <laughs> Y'all on the Rams go. game. Uh, I, I do want to see that stadium in Atlanta. Well, we're talking about the Rams game, though, because I, I used to live there. SoFi. Right? SoFi. The that, stadium. that stadium looks incredible. It looks like they did it right. Yeah. He's got a, uh, a really good friend there. We're thinking of maybe yeah. doing a Rams trip out there. And yeah. uh, Aside from the Stafford-Goff yeah. angle, I, I do want to see that stadium. And as much as I'm loath that the combine will be leaving Indianapolis and it will be going to Los Angeles sooner than later, um, I really do want to see that stadium yeah. and that whole complex because it, it looks amazing. 
Yep. All right. We have to get back. Sorry. I, we do these. I do these. Yeah. We, NFLPA is hosing some players. What happened? <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Um, just Google Jawan James and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see what they did. So uh, basically the NFLPA told the players to not go to, to work out, not go to the OTAs, not go to rookie minicamp. Jawan James, obviously a veteran. He was their starting right tackle in Denver. He got injured working out on his own. I believe he tore his Achilles. Um, it's either an Achilles or an ACL. And, and Deshaun Hamilton, who was their fourth-round pick a couple of years ago, did the other injury. And I can't keep him straight. I'm sorry. I can't do what's going on. Got a lot going on right now. Um, and because they were injured away from the facility working out on their own, it's a non-football injury. Why is that important? Because that means it voids their contract. More specifically, it voids the guarantees in their contract. Yeah. So Jawan James lost $14 million because he listened to the NFLPA. And they're not giving him that money. Oh, they're going to give him something. Is, <laughs> they're going to they, give him they, something. They had better give him something. Otherwise, Including that, is, <laughs> that is really, really dirty pool if they don't give him something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is that is something that you all need to watch. And I, I know there's a lot of people that just like to focus on what's going on with the Lions. But the fact that the Lions actually had a rookie minicamp, the fact that the, the players seem to have learned from what's going on in Denver, that they do need to actually be – like they're taking a, a significant risk and the NFLPA may or may not have their back. Yep. Um, that that's, that's something to definitely watch around this, the league, not just in Detroit, but it, it, it's a very, very big deal. This is something you see happen in a lot of places where the organization that you pay out of your dollar, your, your paycheck to represent you maybe doesn't represent, maybe is representing themselves in, in the same way that the organization that you're working for is representing themselves and they don't have your right. best interest at heart. There was a thing with Volkswagen a couple of years ago after I departed where they, uh, the leadership of Volkswagen and the leadership of the works council in Germany, which is basically the, 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 the big mandated union by the government were, were doing trips together or there was girls or was cash or was all kinds of stuff so that Volkswagen could get certain concessions from the works council that were not in the best interest of the workers. There's these, we so often think, and this is, this is true in so many places in society. We so often think of, you know, labor versus, you know, the organization and we don't look at Everybody has an incentive. Everybody has an incentive. And if you have the wrong people in place, those incentives are never in your best interest. I would always watch because nobody works in your best interest like you do. That's just my little piece. You do what you want. Yeah, it's something. If you want to keep going down that rabbit hole, uh, my good friend Brad Ward has the All Eyes on Cleveland podcast. It's actually going on live now. He's interviewing a labor lawyer tonight. Mm. Um, it's It's definitely something worth watching because he will ask the questions that you want answered on that, too. No matter um, who so, it is, hold uh, them accountable. That's what I'm saying. I'm not yes, saying labor yeah. is good or bad. I'm not saying that it's a uh, it, it's a very interesting situation, and thankfully, it's not happening in Detroit. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> God's sakes. All right. Yeah. So we we have that going on. Rookie mini camp went well. Everybody looked. It did. Good. Nobody got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got tackled. <laughs> no, got and, and and uh, the the press conferences with the players were very engaging. Uh, Ali McNeil and, and Levi <laughs> my goodness, I don't know if they're going to be good. I, I happen to think they're going to be a pretty good combo. It's real easy to like those guys. It's, it's real easy to look. It's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be real fun to watch those guys as an odd couple. Like like um, they need a YouTube show. Quite honestly, yeah. um, they 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 need to yeah. room together and they need, they need cameras on it because those <laughs> those dudes. 
they have some chemistry already after just three days of being together. And they are going to be, again, I don't know if it's going to work with them being on the defensive line. I, I, I kind of think it will, but uh, I, they're fun, man. You can tell, you can see why. And then when Derek Barnes talked on him, when, on his press conference, when if a Melifonwu uh, talked on his, you know, you can see you can see instantly why Dan Campbell liked these guys. You can see why Brad Holmes gravitated towards these very specific players. It was very easy to see. It was a feel, um, and and the guys who were at Allen Park last week, and unfortunately, I couldn't make it out there. They said the same thing. They echoed that sentiment that like, wow, there there's a culture here that is very easy. It's very tangible what they're trying to do. And the guys that they have absolutely fit it. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know if it's going to work, but they at least have an idea of what they're doing and they're going after people who fit what they're trying to do. And that I appreciate that very much. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's um. yeah, that's hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, install. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's an important thing because some of the things that came out this week about the install, um, was a little bit was a little bit interesting, and we'll get to that, Mike Hodges. What you just said very shortly. Um, but let's talk about that, Riz. How's that? How's that install going? We're all set. Playbooks locked. We're ready to roll, right? <laughs> so, so we had some press conferences today. This is this is when yeah, it's Wednesday. Um, the day, dude, the days blur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the the a lot of the assistant coaches talked today. One of them was Ben Johnson. And he taught. He was asked about how the the playbook installation is going, and you know what type of offense specifically they're going to run. And he said something that absolutely blew my mind in a positive fashion. He said, "We're not real sure." I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to directly quote him. Mm-hmm. He said, "We are we are waiting to install everything to see what the guys we have to get more experience with them to." get a better feel for what they do well and what they don't do well. Chris, that's, that's revolutionary. I, that, it that's, doesn't, it that, doesn't that, compute for me. I think you have a that, scheme and you put guys into it. That's how it should work. That's what I love. That's, that's this, that is exactly why Jared Goff is here and not in Los Angeles. That is exactly why Matt Patricia is now doing something in New England, ruining their drafts. I don't know what, he, I don't know what he's doing, but he ain't here. <laughs> um, this is this is foreign territory. And and I'll, I'll go back to Jim Caldwell on this. Jim Caldwell was a strict system guy. He had his Tony Dungy style. Um, obviously, that, that's not the offensive side of things. but Go back to Caldwell in the wide nine. I mean, not Caldwell, sorry, uh, Schwartz in the wide Jim nine. Jim Schwartz yeah. in the wide nine. Yeah, we're, we're going to get guys who fit what we want to do. We're not going to mold what we do to the guys that we have. And that is a very key distinction can, can I as, say, as to what this team's doing. This is going uh, to uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm picking on people. I'm doing this on purpose, right? I'm, I'm going to be okay. controversial. But after all this talk about the, the Patriot way for all these years, isn't that what the Patriots have really done, reinvented themselves over the course of two decades yes, to change they what they did to become a better team and be, and be able to beat the rest of the NFL uh, based on – the guys that they had, right? I mean, it's it's not revolutionary. It's it's, it's funny when they when they when, when they had Randy Moss, Tom Brady threw deep a lot. When they didn't, he threw Julian Edelman a lot. It's right. not that hard to figure out. When their best receivers were their running backs, what did they do? He threw 150 balls to James White. Right. <laughs> using what you've got and maximizing the the 
the top skills, catering to what your best players do well. Look, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. One of the reasons why the Lakers and the Warriors are playing tonight is because their coaches, as good as they are, well, they've, they've had injury issues too. Um, the, the better example would be Washington and Boston last night. Mm-hmm. Their coaching staffs do not cater to what their best players do well all the time. And they Washington certainly was better when they just let Russell Westbrook be Russell Westbrook when he's ignoring the plays that are called in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's not what's happened in Detroit. That's, that seems to be what's happening now is that they're, they're realizing, okay, let's see what we got. Let's see, okay, what does Jared Goff really do well? And I think Brad Holmes would probably have a very good idea on that. Yeah. I, think, I think Mark Brunel, who's a very bright guy, will figure that out pretty quickly. What, what, DeAndre Swift's a great receiver out of the backfield, so is Jamal Williams. But let's see what we can do with you know, some little plays, you know, Texas routes, circle routes, you know, hook outs. Quick screens, run them both in the same backfield together and, and confuse the hell out of the linebackers on the other team. Um, I think you're going to see some creativity. I think you're going to see some adaptability to what the players do well. Look, and and they, they're not going to freeze in the field thinking about the scheme and the and the and the various coverages and so on. They're going to do what they do best. Right. They're going to play in their world, and that's that's just again. Yeah. Je- Jeff Okuda, you're a press corner. Press the guy. Don't line yes. up at press and then bail without touching it. Right, right. Oh my God, this is this is the, the kind of thing. I mean, this adds to the speed <laughs> of the team. Right. Not only did we have yeah. slow players, but then we slowed them down with the scheme, with yes. and the way they had to diagnose yes. everything. Yes. Now we've we've added speed to the team, and we're taking advantage of that speed to help make them faster on the field in the way that they play on the ball. Yeah, Ife, you want to play inside technique and press? Do it. Go. That, that's why we drafted you. We're we're not drafting you to to because you're really good at playing inside technique and pressing. We're not going to play you eight yards off in a, in a shallow zone. That's, that's that's not what we're doing here. And, and it's crazy that the rocket scientists couldn't figure that out, and the guy who wants to keep a lion on a chain can. Oh, that's a great story. We'll talk about that one later. That's I love. <laughs> I loved. I loved his, his sense there. Um, all right, so Lions rookie minicamp is wrapped up. That uh, that pushes everything forward with that. Now I want to get to a couple of other dates that are that are here, and let me find them. I posted them on the Ooh, old dates. Uh, so uh, rookie minicamp is the 14th and 16th. That's done. The next bit of action with players is going to be the 25th and the 27th OTAs, and then the second through the fourth more OTAs. And the 14th through the 17th, more OTAs with the mandatory minicamp falling in June 8th through the 10th. So we're like May 25th through June 17th going to have a lot of player action, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. This is this is the fun time, right? This is the, the time when dreams are made and, and hopefully we can see them fulfilled come September. You got me singing Carly Simons. It's the stuff the dreams are made of. I'm not going to sing because that would be really embarrassing. But yeah, and I I will be at the 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 mandatory minicamp. By the way, I, I have been cleared. I am vaccinated. I will be allowed in. So nice, nice, cheers. nice. We're talking. Um, 
training camp, we will both be there. We're working that out. I'm working out a couple things with Josh. I just started my week and a half ago, and uh, so that's that's it's it's been tiring. Let me tell you, it's been it's been good. Ah, <laughs> you're a working man again. Yeah, yeah. Play, no, play Russia's working man in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great. Absolutely love it. Love the people I work with. Love the company. But it's been it's taken a lot out of me. I'm putting it all in. Right. So all right, let's move on. Next piece is the Lions signed Panay Sewell. Uh, rookie pay scale is so important. It took ages to get him in here. We didn't know if he was going to make it, even for the first game of the season. The pressure was on everybody, and they finally were able to hammer out a deal that only took 50% of the salary cap. Is that basically how things work these days? Oh, thank God those days are gone, Chris. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, 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 I do not miss the rookie holdouts and the, the oh. acrimonious negotiations whatsoever. I don't miss a the number one pick in the draft, Matthew Stafford being one of them being the instantly highest paid player on his team and one of the three highest paid players at his position. I don't miss that at all. Look, I will criticize the NFLPA a lot, and I already have in this show. Mm-hmm. They got this right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I say, too, that with that, um, first first there was the, the theater that they hated each other during the negotiations, and then they came in, and it's like, everything's fine, we're great, I'm going to play my heart out for that, right? Yeah. Imagine, though, you know how important it is to get your first-round draft picks right now? Imagine when you sign away the team, uh, you got the first overall pick, you sign away the team on the salary cap because they hold out for so much, and you need that player, because they, and then they bust. And first-round bu- busts are so <laughs> much less painful for a team right now. And I would argue that that adds to parity in the league, actually, because Agreed. the long-term effect of a bad first-round pick – um, Eric Ebron, whatever. I mean, we've done it. We did it multiple times. I mean, but- <laughs> Josh Rosen is the poster boy for this. Yeah, yeah. He was a first round quarterback. The 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 Cardinals got rid of him after a year. They're like, no, this this ain't working. We're getting Kyler Murray. We're the Bulls. Um, yeah, that's what they said. I love that guy. <laughs> Yeah, you know there there are there are some first round picks from a couple of years ago who will not make their teams this year. Fortunately, that's not happening in Detroit. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, arrow up. But yeah, there 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 are some dudes, you know, that it's not working, and and because the, the financial penalty for for dumping them or getting or you know moving on, it's a lot easier to move on from your first round pick that fails than the coach or GM who took them. And it gives used you to, used to be it gives you the leeway to take a little bit of a bigger swing on a guy in the first round, right? To to, to really say, hey, we that's and and yep. you get, if you get a big hit, you got high ceiling, low floor kind of risky guy, you get that high ceiling out of it. You've got a guy for for yeah. cheap. Really. And look at what the Lions said. They took a 20-year-old left tackle who's going to play right tackle, who hadn't played football in over a year, um who who has some alarming similarities to Greg Robinson coming out of Auburn. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's true. Watch the tape. Um, this, this is a swing. Penny Sewell is not a sure bet, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but his ceiling is sky high, like higher than any lineman that's come into the league in a while, higher than any of them last year. Um, I don't think he's going to be the best of that group. I think Tristan works is really, really freaking good. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that I had him, uh, tackle number one last year, but Sewell has a chance to be a great, NFL player, yep. but if you're worried that it's not going to work, if you're worried that oh my god, that god, there is a lot of Greg Robinson here. Um, that, um, you know, you can get out of it after a couple of years, uh, and, and somebody else will take a shot at it. 
again, because he's so young, because he's so precocious, um, you know, if, if it's not working for you, it will try to work for somebody else. And you will get something back in return for it. That's that didn't used to happen at all. And that that's a very good thing for the players and also the, the coaching staffs and the GMs that try to select these players that have um, Cincinnati's doing the same thing with, with JMR chase phenomenal wide receiver for one year in college, yeah. young guy, um, didn't exactly set the world on fire before that and, and took the last year off. Yep. You're, you're more willing to take risks on guys like that specifically under this new CBA than, than you know, when you're, when you're stuck with, with Greg Robinson, well, Greg Robinson was after the bonus babies, but yeah. um, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. There you go. That's a great one. <laughs> you're, you're stuck. The Raiders were stuck with him for, I think four years. Yep. You, you, you don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> I just said it in the in the chat. A quarterback bust now means all you do is you say you've had enough of that shit and draft another one next year. Move on. You just keep rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other thing about uh, minicamp, and this is a little bit back to the previous topic, and it's 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 Hodges again. Hodges. Um, I like Mike. I do too. This might not seem like much, but I really liked a rookie calling Chris Spielman, Coach Spielman, and taking his ideas out on the field. And that's one thing I want to. You see Dorsey out there. You see Spielman yeah. out there. You see Holmes out there. You see Campbell out yep. there. You see this yep. is this is truly a team effort. We we talked about Sheila was out there too. She stayed off camera, but she was out there. We talked about this early <laughs> when when everyone was flipping out and freaking about out about. But who's in charge? It's Rod Wood making all the decisions. Oh my god! And he was out there too. Uh, people were absolutely flipping their their, they their were. lids over who's in charge and oh my god, right? And the reality is they we, were locked we, on to some bad crap there. We had the whole thing broken down for people right away about servant leadership and working as a team and all that sort of thing and helping people to be their best by, by you being your best. And uh, we're seeing it. We're seeing it play out. Will this, will this win? We talked about it last week, probably not a lot this year, but it is absolutely a winning strategy for the, for the, the nearer term than the near term or the longer term than the near term, something like that. Um, I, I think yes. this, this, this is working really well. Everything we see them doing right now has been working really, really well and has been very good, smart moves. I, I love it, Riz. I like what this the, the staff is doing. I, I do, too. I could live without the, the Danny Campbell needing a lion because I don't like getting press releases from PETA, <laughs> which I did. That's always a risk. Although, to PETA's credit, they played it very well, yeah. and I thought Danny Campbell – response to that was also very good yeah, um, yeah. you know he's playing the the role of the lunkhead and 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 it's and he's no lunkhead don't be fooled no no i want to i really really want to think he's in on it um oh, yeah. and i i think i think he is yeah. but he's one of those dudes like so so i'm terrible at like telling when people are like being you know like when they're when they're going yanking your chain to, to go with the the thing I'm not good at, 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 I don't have that good BS detector. Like if they're like snowing me or something, um, Dan Campbell, I absolutely have no vibe. Like, is he, is he, is he, is he serious? Does he really want a lion? Like, I'm, I'm like, I, 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 I don't know, man. I think honestly, is he, he, he was putting it out there. If someone showed up with one, he'd look at, wow, that's pretty cool, man. I, I really think that that's the response. Yeah. Like he'd think it was great. I don't think he's going to go out and get one, but I think he'd be no. down if someone rolled, well, rolled up not. with a lion on a chain. Right. I mean, I don't yeah, think. And, and I appreciate all the people that were on Twitter and in our Patreon Slack um, who have mentioned that maybe the Detroit Zoo should capitalize on this a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, get in on that. Yeah. And it is just kind of weird 
that your 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 mascot is a lion and you don't do anything with the zoo yeah and it's not that far away i mean it's it's straight up woodward like southfield what 12 miles yeah yeah Yeah. i I think it's 11 mile of woodward isn't it yeah yeah yeah, something like that yeah Yeah. woodward and 696 yeah (laughs) yeah Oh man! Somewhere out there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's really, really good point. Good point. So, okay, uh, rookie pay scales is consequential. We got Panay. Uh, we got a great team. We got great leadership on the field. Mini camp came off well. Um, it did. It did. I feel like everything, everything there looks looked really good. Um, I really want to tell you um, the next one, and this is the kind of thing you know we're going to talk about the coach presser. Um, but I want to, and and we'll have a little announcement after that. But uh, I gotta say, coaches before they do this. To, to a man, they head over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. They get themselves hooked up because at Dungeon of Doom, they know who they're dealing with. They knew who they're dealing with in that press room. That's why they let the good guys go first while while the gummies are working. They get Justin going, right? They they let the the gummies work, and then the, the last guy to usually go is they, they're, they're feeling it full, and they can kind of deal with his crap. Uh, we talked about him last week. Um, but what do they do? They go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. They do one of two oh things. If they've just got some pain, anxiety, or, or insomnia, they'll go get the normal stuff. But if they really need to feel that buzz, they need to pop off a little bit, they go and get the chill or the extreme chill line. And they know to eat just one. So that they don't lose a couple hours and they're still fully coherent for their press conference, head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you have pain, anxiety, or insomnia, you can take care of those things almost immediately with the great stuff they have over there. And I'll just say, beyond the gummies, I still I keep the this for aches and pains and stuff. This cream here, like I said earlier, I was I'm a Peloton guy. Um, even though it's nice on the knees, it's nice to have a little relief for those knees during the day. I'll just tell you that. All right cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com we get a little cut of that use coupon code lions oh, i almost forgot lions is your coupon code to get 55 percent off everything over there oh. and hey father's day is coming up if you're looking for a uh for a for a a, yeah. a good father's day gift you can do that or you can also go to detroitlionspodcast.com and go to fanatics and click on the link there yeah 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 thank you you're so good Riz. um also actually that that that's um really big the father's day thing just know depending on where you're at i always want to put this in here for you guys because i don't want people to get caught out uh the the regular cbd stuff is great it's it's awesome it's all legal in all 50 states but that that stuff is good you you can run a forklift if you use it you still get all the the relief that you're looking for you can do all those kinds of things it won't trip a drug test the chill line and the extreme chill line it's it's kind of a loophole, <laughs> um, so it, it, it works, and that's why you can you get the buzz off of it. But you will trip a drug test, it, even though it isn't weed or the the the, the stuff that you know makes the in, illegal it, in forty two states or whatever it is. It, stuff it's works. the inactive ingredients of weed, but there's enough of it that it will trip your test. Yeah, yeah. So just be good if you're getting that for dad, and dad has to do uh, some tests. Don't get him the bad stuff and put him in a bad in a bad way. That's nothing to give for a guy for Father's Day. Okay. So we've got our coaches. They're all CBD'd up. They uh, they're happy to go, and they they hopped in. And our I don't know. I won't say our. I'll say mine. But I think you're you're on board here. Favorite coach Hank Fraley, or when he's incognito, Frank Haley. Some people don't know who it is. He's got his Clark, Clark glasses on. Uh, he came up and had a great love conversation it. about the the offensive line. I, I love I love this guy. I just love him to death. Yes, yes. He, he's he's a great coach. Um, and he again. We're, we're blessed to keep him because the Pittsburgh Steelers really, really wanted him. Inches away. Uh, and, and I have learned more about their pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. They really yeah. wanted yeah. him. And the Lions <laughs> yeah. waited till the last minute. That, that, that was one that really, I was a little bit 
I was a little bit unhappy, yeah. but I think the fact that he was able to test the market the way he did actually helped him out more in the long run. So I agree. Oh. So, so he talked about a couple of linemen. Um, we'll, we'll start with big V because he was asked and I forget who asked it. Um, I was not actually on these press conferences. I was running my, my son and daughter to various basketball practices across the greater Grand Rapids area. So I missed it. Um, he was asked about, big V's future. And um, I don't have the exact quote. I will paraphrase again, but he's like, why wouldn't we have a future for big V? Like this guy, this guy is a really good football player. Like he was taken aback that there's question that he's not going to be the starting right guard. Like, so, so for those of you who are doing your depth charts at home, he's your starting right guard (laughs) period. (laughs) End of conversation. Like they're, they're bullish on what big V offers. And, you know, we can certainly question that he was not good last year. He was also not healthy last year. He was also changing positions, changing offensive line schemes, offensive line coaches. Um, he had never been really trusted to do anything permanent full time when he was in Philadelphia. This guy was a, a tackle at, at TCU who didn't really find a home there until like late in his career. He moved around a lot. He was Philadelphia's sixth lineman. He played, I want to say he played at least 150 snaps at four different positions mm-hmm. while he was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, so asking him to find his spot, and it, it was pretty clear that Tyrell Crosby, who we'll get to in a second, was better than him at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So they made the, the choice to try to put him at right guard. With what with, with the injury that he had, it impacted his ability to play guard severely. Um, so, look. I don't know if it's going to work, but they're going to—they're absolutely going to try to make it work, and I appreciate that. I, I'm glad that they didn't panic and eat the what is it, forty-five million dollars? Yeah, um, he's doing—I yeah. think nine point five million this year. Yeah, um, try to make it work. If it doesn't work, then you move on from it. But they're not—they're not just throwing him away after one injury plagued year under a bad coaching staff. Um, and I, I don't mean that as a shot against Daryl Bevel or, or Hank Fraley or anything, but. Come on, we we know what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and look, I'll tell you, if if Frank's behind him, then I, I you know, Faith and Fraley. I'm I'm telling you straight up, just what he has been able. He's to do a as really a coach, good coach. And, and and here's the risk. I'm I'm telling you, with this crew of guys that we have right now, and the level. I mean, look at the talent we have on offensive line. The level they're going to play at, he's going to be at a real risk to be a loss for the team. And we've talked about that, and that's yes. one of the things they talked about also. Um, on Hiring the, guys who can get hired elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be either you promote him or, or uh, he, he's going to go somewhere else because he's he's a very, very talented guy. If anybody can make Big V work in this in this scheme, I, I would I would put Hank at – I want to do his alter ego now. I would put Hank at the front of the list all day long. All day long. Agree. And he's so good. And the fact that he's going to be your worst offensive lineman, and you know that going in, I I think that gives him a and, – and I, I know Big V a little bit from, from hanging out with him at the Shrine – it was still a Shrine game back then. Yep, yep. Um, uh, he's a guy who's going to take that personally and be like, I'm not the worst guy here. <laughs> Screw you, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm putting these dudes on their asses and, and going after this. That that's the kind of mentality that he is. That's why he was coveted. That's that's why the Lions paid so much to bring him in. We did not see that guy last year. I'm praying to God that we see him this year because that guy helps this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that would be very nice. Yeah. So so the, the the other one was Tyrell Crosby. 
and and Hank was asked about Tyrell, and he acknowledged that there are trade rumors. He acknowledged that he has talked to Tyrell about those trade rumors privately. Privately, yes. And he said that for a reason, right? That he, yes, he yes, he did talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it acknowledges the fact that there that Tyrell has a lot a lot of balls in his court that he needs to hit correctly mm-hmm. and and to, to use a tennis analogy mm-hmm. to return over the net properly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they are not they're not they're not as with big v they're not giving up on him but they are also letting him know that he's got to perform to a certain level otherwise they will and i without saying it hank said that today <laughs> did, did he god how do i put this will he ride out the tough times after maybe not riding out the tough times previous, right? I mean, that's, that's, I that's, don't know about that. Well, that's the uh, question. That's the open question. Right. Those are the balls that he has to hit and, and build yeah. that kind of confidence that he's going to do. Great player. The guy is, we've talked about him a number of times is how his, his abilities have risen far beyond, they have. far beyond what we thought he was. This guy be. was a fifth round draft pick and he outplayed that draft status. And, Look, was he was he a good starting right tackle? No, but he's capable. Yeah. He's better than some some starting right tackles on some playoff teams last year. He's not the reason why this team was awful. Yep. Certainly not. Yep. There you uh, go. And uh the, the the fact that he is he's still here now, that he didn't get traded on draft weekend, I think speaks to the fact that they do see something in him still. And I think I think Fraley, again, again without saying it said it, like we're a better team with Tyrell Cross beyond than without him, yep. but he's got to make sure that that stays the case. Yep. I, I, my take was that there was just no trades in the offing on, 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 I agree with that. Work with that. I think given the right deal, I think they'll, they'll pull the trigger on it. That's, that's my, right. you know, it's now see the, so there's another dynamic here. Um, Washington is trying to trade Morgan Moses, who's their starting right tackle. Who's probably, <sighs> He's not that much better than Tyrell, but I think his ceiling is a little bit higher. Or, or his floor is a little bit higher than what Tyrell's is because when t- bad Tyrell Crosby is not good at right tackle. No, but but he doesn't play that level very often. He's 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 a sufficiently effective starting right tackle, but there are a couple of players out there now who are better than him who are on the market as well, and I think that might have something to do with the reason why the Lions are keeping him as well. Mm-hmm. When you can only get a um, so th- there was a trade night. Oh God, I forget who. Um, Mike Hughes from from the Vikings, former first round pick. They traded him to the Chiefs with a seventh round pick for a sixth round pick. That's the kind of deal that you would expect to get from Tyrell Crosby right now. If you wait until this summer, when let's say the Tennessee Titans lose their starting right tackle, or the the Los yes. Angeles Rams get hit with some adversity, then that market will go up, and that does ha- it happens every year and injuries in preseason there's going to be three preseason games this year they are going to play them injuries will happen it's unfortunate i hate it but that's part of the game and keeping him now gives you better trade value later yep and normally you don't want to trade away your backup right tackle during the season so your risk is higher at that time but as, right. we, as we broke out the 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 season and what the win-loss totals look like last week 
it's not as much of a risk for this team to make a move like that. So again, if you if you play this out, you know, the chessboard a little further, it makes a lot of sense to take that take right. it to that time and have that value. And worst case, right. you have somebody who can start for you. Right. And and he will absolutely not be here in twenty twenty two. I will tell you though, though one thing, and this is this, you know, I, I make fun, Riz, and you know, I, I'm just you you know, yanking your chain when I say this journalism stuff is easy. The hardest part about it is when you know stuff <laughs> and you have to talk around it so you don't burn your people. <laughs> That's yes. so fripping hard. Ugh. Okay, so what yes. I what I will say though <laughs> about the line and 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 everything to do with that line, he ain't gonna be here in twenty twenty three, folks. Yeah. No matter what happens, yeah. he ain't gonna be here. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, beyond that, though, as a, as a group, and I think we're we we're seeing. I'm gonna compare it a little bit to on Wazurike, on Wazurike, and on Zurike, Yes, I was saying it wrong last week too, and uh, thankfully. And I, I got to give, give credit to my guy, Paul from Otsiko, who used to call in the 96-1 all the time. He corrected me on it. Thank you, dude. Yep. Appreciate and Ali <laughs> McNeil. Uh, the, the, those guys getting along the way they did is, number one, they're already an upgrade on the defensive line. But number two, they're getting along means a lot because they're going to play next to each other a lot. They're going to see each other out in the field and have to they work are. together and get together a lot. I mentioned them and that kind of relationship building because – you have already that built out on the offensive line between the players, the coaches, the group. Those guys, I, and I will use this word, and I don't use it lightly, they love each other. They have they each do. other's back. They absolutely they do. They are a unit, the the unit, right? And, and, and Panay fits in with that unit. Yep. <laughs> that, that Which is why I'm less worried that he will be a Greg Robinson redo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because uh, physically they're the same dude, uh, but mentally I think I think I have a lot less worries about today than I do about Greg Robinson. Is- and then I, I had those worries about Greg Robinson back in the day. Um, the fact that he's now in federal prison says a lot about his character and his work ethic. I don't see that problem being there at all for Panay Sewell. This is a <laughs> testament to when building or and uh, drafting and signing character players works yes when working and building around character actually works so many times you're like if we could just sign you know whatever the guy that jonathan hankins yeah hankins i I don't want to i was trying not to say names but but whatever either way you can sign these guys and you could do so much better Eh, michael parsons maybe but this is great ruben foster this is this is absolutely great this group this is a long haul kind of crew um you saw Ragnow sign you saw decker sign you saw decker going hard for the guys and the people that he loves on the team in the offseason here and work and going with what changed that that he didn't go with what he wanted and did go with what he wanted right but because he's he's team player first but he's not afraid to be able to to speak with the office i love i love to see this kind of group of guys and that's the kind of group of guys i don't care who your quarterback is he his well i'll just say um jared goff's life has improved 15 fold because of those five guys in front of him absolutely unquestionably and that difference between the line here and the lines he had in la will make him a different quarterback i think he will be a different quarterback than what people have seen and i think he's going to surprise some people this year again we're not going to see the massive wins Right, but I think we're going to see some plays that we didn't expect, and I think we're going to see some some good stuff about this team and a foundation that builds in a way that we haven't seen, and and just some fun fripping football, some fun football. Finally, there, the, the, I, I saw this on a podcast I was on um, with our lads, um, courtesy of Dan Shanka. Um, wasn't on with Dan, was on with, with Greg, his Dan assistant. Knox. But uh, yeah, D- Dan, Dan was great. 
Damn, that was great. Watch that show again, folks. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I said on there was that this team is built around they're not going to be fun to play, specifically the offensive and defensive lines. They got some dudes, man, to, to, to hearken to our Slack chat. There are some dudes on both sides of the line of scrimmage right now that are going to be problems for the other team to play against. They don't have enough of them in, in enough spots. But they have enough that this, this is not going to be teams that overlook Detroit this year, that they're going to get punched in the mouth. Yep. And uh, if they don't have the ability to, to, to the resiliency to handle that, mm-hmm. Detroit will beat them. Uh, I, I have very little doubt about that. Yep. Um, even, even if they don't have the talent at, at the, the perimeter positions, and they don't, that, that other teams do, the ability to control the line of scrimmage and control the middle of the field is something that's very big. It's something that even as Drew Brees' ability to throw the ball declined and his receiving core declined around him because they were still that team on defense, specifically with guys like Cam Jordan and, and Alex Anzalone, who's here now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I could, I the, fact that. That, yeah. the fact that those two were at the senior bowl together and I didn't confuse them once that week is a huge <laughs> win in my life. Thank you very much. Sorry, I love that play. I love that play. Yeah, that. but they they had some dudes in New Orleans on defense. They don't get enough credit for it, uh, and on their offensive line as well. This was that was a team that invested a lot. Guys like Taron Armstead and uh, uh, Ryan Ramchick uh, and and Max Unger that they traded for for a while. They they had dudes on their offensive and defensive lines that even when it wasn't working on the perimeter, when their cornerbacks, when guys like Patrick Robinson flopped miserably at cornerback. They were still able to get by because they could control the middle of the field. I see that blueprint specifically on the defensive side of the ball with this team, with, with adding uh, Aleem and, and Levi and, and Derek Barnes behind them and signing Anzalone. This team got a lot better within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. And it was miserable before that. I mean, it would be hard not to, but these, the, these are still moves that are high-quality moves that got them significantly better versus kind of like patchwork, hope, hopefully this is going to work yeah. out stuff. Um, I see uh, Work Your Dollar. I swear, I feel like it's Wisco. I really do. I don't know why. But I see Work Your Dollar in there, and he's like, we got dudes. Please explain. I'll tell you, we have a great video by Ash on our um, our YouTube channel. Uh, called Dude Theory, and you'll see um, the dude from um, the Big Lebowski uh, on the on the thumbnail. So you can't miss it. Um, it goes Jeffrey. through what Dude Theory is, and I think it's it, it it's it's a pretty interesting. We came up with it in the Slack, and uh, it's a pretty cool kind of theory about what a team needs to be a winner, and and dudes. And, and uh, is a big is a big component of it. That's why it's named Dude Theory. But I think that'll that'll help you out. It's a it's a good one. Yeah, it's worth checking out. And Ash does a fantastic job. Yep. So always always check out Ash's content. I, I love that guy. I yeah. Love that guy. So we'll, we'll, we're going to get into some of his content right here. Um, we will do a uh, an episode on who the dudes are after the camps are over. We're going to do a full roster run. So um, check in on that. We'll we'll rock that out. We got a we got a schedule yeah. to keep though. All right, I want to get into uh, really quick. Great article from Ash uh, yes. talking about why this Detroit Lions UDFA class looks more promising than usual. And I want to just take one key part out of it that I think people don't understand. And they write off UDFAs all the time. But before I do that, I'm going to tease what we got coming next week. <laughs> We've got undrafted free agents, agent cornerback out of Arkansas, 
Jerry Jacobs coming in. He's going to come in and he's going to talk about rookie minicamp. He's going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff going on so far in his journey. But we've done more than that. We've 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 signed him up, and we we kind of base it on the concept of hard knocks thinking, yeah. and and the storyline that you see there, and we're calling it Journey to the Fifty Three. He's agreed to come on regularly throughout the year, throughout the preseason, the regular season, you know, and, and so on, to talk about his journey. Whether or not he's with the Lions or not, he's going to continue to come back and talk about the life of a UDFA, maybe a practice squad player, maybe a, a guy who makes the 53. But it's called Journey to the 53, and we're going to have him on regularly so you can get a player's perspective, what it's like. Because you're, you're a guy who's made it to the NFL, but on, on that edge, on that bubble of making it to the NFL, yeah, yeah. and it's it's and, an interesting story. Man. And he's had a path. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's had a, a, a very uh, interesting path to where he's at now, and his path might diverge again in Detroit because uh, he he's one of those guys that is he a cornerback? Is he a safety? I don't know. Do we I don't think they know yet. Do we I don't think he knows yet. Honestly, yeah. there's there's some options. So yeah. Um, it's it's really gonna be cool. It's gonna be great. Journey to fifty three, and he, he can talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. And uh, so we got that set up. We're looking for that uh, next week, and he'll be on live with us. And like I said, he'll be back regularly. I just think this, yeah. and we have a couple other uh, things that we're working on in this off season as well. These stories that don't really get told. You'll see right around cut time, somebody will do a story about, hey, you know, these are all these are all guys, and this is their jobs that you're hearing about. Don't you know? Don't be cruel when they're cut. That kind. And then everyone yes, forgets please. about it a week later. And it's true. It's absolutely true but it's like it's on their calendar to do that tweet and that article and then they don't talk about it again what i want to get to and what we're doing with these these couple of series of these people that we're talking to is talk about parts of the the, the league and parts of the business uh, uh, that you don't get to see and you don't hear about only in these in these little pieces that they do along the way yeah. we're going to take that journey with these folks and i think you guys are really really going to like it and it, i think it's going to build out some of when players talk about you know you guys don't know what it's like this will fill out a whole lot of what it's like for a lot of players. Yeah, that, that'll help inform you on what it's more like. You'll yeah. have a better idea of what they're actually talking about when they're saying, you really don't know. You, you think you know, but you don't know. <laughs> You'll have a better idea of what you don't know. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, and, and we will too. Chris and I will learn that as well. Because we don't, we, we were not NFL players, unfortunately. Right. I mean, you'd think so with with these great builds, but um, I will. I'll take that, and I'm going to lead into this uh, this this story that Ash wrote, which is absolutely fabulous because it's going to tie directly to this this um, this one of the premises he puts in this thing. Um, first round picks, and you guys are, you guys are going to know this. You're going to say no no shite at the at the very beginning. First round picks comprise the largest percentage of the NFL's players. Period. Right. Even with Greg Robinson's of the world, right? They tend to bounce around making a couple million a season, da 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 doing their thing, right? He did that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was in Detroit. Who's wound up in Cleveland? Now he's in the now he's in the can. Now what's the second largest percentage group in the league? Is it second round picks? You think it's second round picks, but I happen to know this answer. It ain't second round picks. It's (laughs) undrafted players. Think about that now. Okay, you talk about how great your GM is and all these other GMs are second, third, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Uh uh-uh. There's fewer of them as a success rate than there are with undrafted free agents. Only first round picks hit more than UDFAs in this league. How important does that make the UDFAs and their journey into this? They league? they are your budget signings. They are how you can afford to have a massive contract on your quarterback or your defensive tackle or something, they make it affordable. If you have UDFAs that can play, 
that's that's Chris. It's a monumental thing. Yep, it really is. Yep. And who's the best UDFA on the Lions right now? Mike Ford, probably. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Jason Cabinda. I mean, Jack Fox. I I, I guess if you if he he's great. So I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 sure. Yeah, I'm thinking but, of the guys we picked up this year. But I, 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 sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so so yeah. But this year. See. There's there's a there's a lot of guys to commit. There there are there are three guys that I have in mind who I think will make this team, um, and not only make the team, I think one of them has a chance to play a lot. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll drop that later. But uh, there were guys who chose specifically to come to Detroit for the opportunities that that the Lions and the state of the roster that they give offer them. And that's one of the reasons why why UDFA's hit is because agents figure that out pretty quickly. Like, oh, this team, God, look at their wide receiver depth chart. God, they're awful. Yeah. Go there. <laughs> Maybe take $5,000 less and go there, Jonathan Adams. And, and Jonathan Adams says, yes, I will do that because I can be the next Kenny Galladay. Exactly. Um, and he might not be wrong. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> so check it out. It's, it's DetroitLionsPodcast.com. And uh, the article is yeah. from Ash. Why this Detroit Lions UDFA class looks more promising than usual. One of the other pieces that goes into this um, is every year, like the last couple of years, Bob Quinn filled our roster with signings of just marginal older players. That, Desmond Trufant, Jesse James, oh, the list goes on. And knowing that those are some of the lowest percentage players. Kenny Wiggins, signs, where you Adrian this, Peterson, this almost free lottery pick of players that make up the majority of rosters behind first round picks. It's like, why wouldn't you load up? You talk about Chase Daniel, what Brad Holmes did and changed. This is huge. And why we didn't <laughs> sign a bunch of people ahead of time. And with the space available on the, ro- the roster, the, what it gives us, the opportunity this gives us. This is a completely different way of doing things than what Lions fans are, are, are used to. And the results... I I mean, some of these guys, like I mean, Sage, Sage Sherrod, I think I think he's going to be I think he's going to be kind of special out there. Um, I, this so. is really going to be interesting as to see how this plays out. It's a whole new ball of wax for us. It is, and it, it's a more affordable ball of wax too. And that's something that would, look, this team is not in a position now to sign premium free agents. Next summer they might be. Yeah. The summer after that they they dang well better be. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's... And, and but but having guys like Jonathan Adams, Sage Surratt, um, Javon McKinley, um, Raheem Boyd, who has a real shot to make the team as an undrafted running back, although he doesn't play special teams, and that's a big deal. Yep. If you're going to be the number four running back, you absolutely have to kill it on special teams. That's why Jason Huntley is in Philadelphia now. That's why Ty Johnson is in Philadelphia now. That's, <laughs> that's why a lot of guys move on. If you're a third or a fourth string running back and you're not getting regular reps on offense, you have to be great on special teams. That's where Rakeem Boyd is going to earn it. Somebody asked me about that earlier today, and in, in, uh, I forget who said it. Um, and, um, they, asked, they actually asked you on Twitter to ask me that. Um, that's my answer for that. He will he will make the team or not on special teams. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, I want to. With that, from there, we talk about what they might be able to sign next year. Um, we had. Sorry, Albert Breer had a little little brain freeze there. Albert Breer posted this morning the teams with the most cap space as of this morning, right? And, yeah. and things are going to happen and so on. But don't forget, yeah, how they, much they signed cap. Sewell today, so that does change the dynamic but, here. <laughs> but don't think about how much. Don't forget about how much dead cap we have. Also, that's going to pop open next year, right? The Lions are number five in cap space 
with $21 million, number five in the league. Now think about this, what we've added this year, the capital we have in the draft next year, and the amount of money we look to have to spend next year. Right. The the one thing I have to give Bob Quinn is he didn't absolutely burn the place down on the way out. So so Yes, he had a very good understanding of how to – to financially responsibly build a team. He deserves credit for that. Yeah. He does. Just not from a skill standpoint or a talent standpoint, uh, but from I mean, he uh, had that lot. I mean, yes, he overpaid for Jesse James and Chase Daniel and Big V, but by and large, he was pretty good at managing the cap and not crippling the franchise with god awful signings. Uh-huh. I mean, as much as as much as I've moaned about Chase Daniel, they got rid of him this year and it wasn't a huge deal. Or 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 was it Mike Disner? And that's the talent side well, of Saul Quinn. <laughs> that, 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 that's certainly the, that, that's the sunny side of life right there. <laughs> we, we we may know or we may never know. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Right. Um, but but so so uh, I'll, I'll use Adrian Peterson as an example here. I think we all like Adrian Peterson. I think we like what he did for Detroit last year. They could have gotten a guy who made one-tenth of what Adrian Peterson did or two tenths of oh, that'd be one fifth. I can, I can reduce fractions um, of what he did um, and, and get the same basic outcome. I, I think this regime has a better grasp of that than what Bob Quinn did. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, I don't want to disparage Adrian Peterson because he was very good. He was specifically very good for Deandre Swift. I think and Deandre will tell you that, but I learned a ton from having this guy around. And I don't begrudge the Lions for going after Adrian Peterson because they thought that they were going to be good. And and a lot of us thought that they were going to be good as well. Yeah. But Boy, there that's was not the kind of this that, last year in the media when nobody could go to training camp and see what was really happening. Everybody seemed to turn. Wow, this team that, is surprisingly good. All of a sudden, like the narrative uh, for like two weeks yeah. before the season just flipped and everybody flipped on it. I mean, everybody, even some of the most down people in the world, right, that do like that are kind of get themselves locked on stuff or whatever else. Um, we're just like, whoa, this is going to be great. <laughs> and it's like, really? Is this what really happening? Is this turning around? It no, didn't happen. Sir, it was no. not. But so, so a, a bad team. Team or a team that knows it's it's not going to be competing for the playoffs. And as much as I know a lot of you want to drink the Kool-Aid, this team is not competing for the playoffs this year. I'm sorry, they're not. Mm-hmm. Just just be if it happens, phenomenal. That's great. They're way the heck ahead of schedule. Don't expect it. And a team that is in that situation doesn't sign Adrian Peterson. They sign Rakeem Boyd. <laughs> yep, yep. Enjoy the fun, the return of fun football to Detroit because I can guarantee that the football, the product in the field is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a whole lot of great stuff. The W's might not be there. We'll eat those next year. Just enjoy what we got this year because it's 110% better than everything. The, we the, had and and the team is going up. And, and as I said on the, the RLS podcast, the teams that are above them, they're not going up. Yeah, uh, point. Especially, especially the one that's across Lake Michigan from me. <laughs> well, actually, technically two of them are. But the, the one that's north from me, which is that way. <laughs> the one that's <laughs> yes, yes. got mold growing on their uniforms. That's how they got the. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're not getting better, uh, even if number twelve stays there. So the Lions could be capitalizing at a time where Green Bay is going down, Minnesota. I. I 
I have no idea what to make of the Minnesota Vikings this year. I really don't. I, I, I will hopefully figure that out at some point before this summer. I feel like this uh, is the their last best chance this year. I, I think it's all I can, to I will, I can buy that. I can also see them, if the draft picks that they had worked and if, if a couple of the moves that they made work, they can be good. They can sustain it. Oh, Chicago, Chicago is going to be – I think they're going to be good this year whether or not Justin Fields plays or not, because I, I, I actually do like Andy Dalton for them a little bit. Yeah, he, I think he's the I, best quarterback they've had in ages. I think this is their defense's last stand, and I think that their defense is going to fall off precipitously after this year, and it might fall off this year. So the Lions, as they rise, will be catching teams that are going down. Yep. Um, and that's that's a very good way to balance things. If you If you follow what the Buffalo Bills have done, they've done that masterfully. They they timed their rise perfectly yep. for when the Patriots were going to fall. What's what's a little frustrating with the schedule of playing all our division rivals up front is if you see a team like okay, so Green Bay falls apart, the wheels come off because if they come off early, things start going bad. That thing is going to be a dumpster fire before anything before anyone realizes what happens because nobody knows how to deal with it. Nobody there knows how right. to deal with failure, and if it starts happening and they can't stop it, it's going to be really bad, really fast. For them. I mean, for me, it'll be, yes. I'll get out my marshmallows. It'll be very nice. I'll get the marshmallows. Schadenfreude Schaden will be in full yeah. effect, baby. What I think, <laughs> and, and to your point about Chicago, is if this is the year they fall off, they're going to fall off as the year progresses. Injury's going to yes. hit. The age of these guys is gonna, and the length of the season, especially in you know, an extra game, is going to play out. I would love to stack my games the end of the season against these guys because I think feel like we're a team, you know, with as youthful as we are in, in some of the key places that could take that step past them like you're talking about as the season wears on them. Yeah, and this is a team that has built itself in the mold of its head coach, Dan Campbell. What do we know about Dan Campbell from when he played here? What do we know about him from when he coached in Miami? What do we know about the New Orleans Saints who were very good about this? And and that's where he and Aaron Glenn came from. They play every snap of every game like it's the final play of the Super Bowl. That's one of the reasons why those Saints teams, even though they haven't been as talented, are still really damn good, yeah, and that you better believe that that's coming. That's that's the kneecap biting mentality right there. Right. And and I I like the idea that th- this team will steal games late because there are going to be other teams that are like I I, I, don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but let's say they're playing a team that's that's five and ten mm-hmm. in week seventeen. That team's going to be like and, and and expected to be yeah. a playoff team. Yeah, the Lions are beating that team. I guarantee that yeah. Yeah. Uh, because and, they're not quitting. They, they, they're they not going to be that team. You're talking about the Green Bay Packers is what you're talking about. <laughs> Good, thing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good all right. Um, really fun. Hey, really quick for all the folks here. We really, really appreciate it. We don't do this big ask thing, um, but if you could hit the like button and the subscribe button and the bell. It really helps us with YouTube's algorithm. You know how they do their thing and all that. It helps us out a great deal if you can do that. So just want to ask you guys to do that real quick on the on the YouTube stream. Uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe and the bell, and we appreciate that. All right, I want to talk about Matthew Stafford. Um, he did a yeah. really good interview. Re- I mean, so let me let me let me pop this the other way. Sam Farmer did a really good interview with Matthew Stafford. Um, I got to talk a bit with Sam when I lived in L.A. Uh, we we had a couple shots where he was going to be on the podcast, but things didn't quite work out. He is one of the most right. wonderful individuals. I, I used to listen to him on the radio on the morning show on the way to work uh, once a week. He was 
just so thoughtful and and really truly you know people claim to be insiders he talks to everybody in the league he may live in LA and work for the LA Times he talks to everyone he knows more he's 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 a former president of the pro football writers association he is still very active in mentoring a lot of people uh he's a great human being aside from being an incredible reporter nothing nothing but good things to say about sam farmer yep so he did a spectacular interview with matthew stafford and and i have to give matthew a lot of credit because he's in you know he's in hype mode in la right now he's his job is to hype up the locals, the team, I'm the guy, this is the year, buy season ticket, you know, the whole thing, get my jersey, all, all that right. stuff. Because because right? you, you can attest to this from living there, and they've got that beautiful new stadium. Ooh. Unless they're winning Super Bowls, nobody cares. <laughs> so here's, this is the year I moved there was the first year the Anaheim Ducks won the Stanley Cup. Okay, and it happened like a month and a half after I moved there. This was um, when Hockey Town was just screaming still, right? Detroit was all hockey all the time. It was like when the news came on, when they won the cup, it was like the sixth story after women's high lie, right? I mean, they, they just did not, <laughs> it was not on the radar. Hockey was not a thing for them, right? It was like, yeah. what in the world? Look up. And I as a team. <laughs> the only reason I know what Highlight is is from the old Pong game. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, oh my God. The, yeah, I know, right? Um, but it was like nothing. They didn't care. The thing about LA is, if they're not winning, the folks aren't there, and they're not reading about it. They're not listening to it. There, there's nothing going. They've got plenty to do. You can be outside. 360 out of 365 days a year doing something and having fun and you know the 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 nightlife the day life the 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 midnight life (laughs) everything going on is there's tons going to the rainbow to do yeah tons to do you don't need those distractions of those teams they have to fight for your for eyeballs in there and um this whole thing right now is a huge push. This is a you know the Rams. It's an interesting marketing story. Somebody somewhere is going to do an NBA set of white papers and in about five or ten years about the marketing story moving the Rams back to LA because they've they've run a fabulous show there. They've done a really, really good job capitalizing hard knocks. Um what was the one on Amazon? I forget the name of that one. The, um that one. And uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and everything leading up to this point. Now they have Matthew Stafford. They get to rewrite the story. They're gonna have good two years uh going there. It's 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 gonna be excellent. With all that going on though and all that kind of pressure to to really pump the team and everything else. And he did. He, he sold the, the he Rams. Did. He was there. He did. He, he did. sold the Lions just as hard. And I want to, I want to, and, and just on the on the side note, just because I, I laugh, having lived in California, and, and I'm, I'm glad I left now. It's a great place to visit, but I wouldn't <laughs> want to live there anymore. Watching Kelly Stafford post and complain about the paper straws just cracked me up just like broke me it was so funny because those things they were the garbage but anyway um so so the, them like going there on their own and then starting to experience like oh god the daily life stuff that you don't think about right it's just it's, it's funny because there are so many little things that, that poke you in the eye throughout the day anyway, it's a different world yeah 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 uh anyway so having him go there and and having them go through everything and do everything they do and turn around and still speak so highly about the team that that says a lot about his character. He, he had nothing but good things to say about Martha, about Sheila, about Rod, about the organization, about how they handled the fact that he realized that he didn't want to be here anymore. And, and he, one of the things that I took away from it was how, how willing this staff was that was brand new and didn't really know him 
was to work with him and make him happy and put him in the best situation because he deserved it yeah. through all that he'd done for Detroit. And he clearly appreciates that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put ten to one odds out there right now that Matthew Stafford signs a one day contract and, and retires a Detroit Lion no matter what happens. And I I, I, really I would absolutely buy that um, uh, unless he, unless he's winning a lot in Los Angeles. And right. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with yeah. that. I I I, I I really really truly hope he wins at least two playoff games in one year once next year. In 2022, I want next year's draft pick to be over the top, and then he. Can I mean, we, we well, we got that one too. So <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know, but we'll have used it properly then. Um, he, they asked him. Uh, Sam asked him about Rich Gannon, Carson Palmer, guys that kind of redefine themselves after what was a tough spot. Great spot for him to come in and and, and take yeah. digs at Detroit, right? And he also brought yeah. up Tom Brady, uh, or, or Matthew brought up Tom Brady in that scenario, and he's, he's he like, did. no, it just inspired. It just inspires me that there's a chance for me to go and do this as well. Didn't take digs. Didn't do it. I, I love it. He didn't. It. He didn't say anything negative about Matt Patricia. He didn't say anything about negative about Bob Quinn. At least not on the record. And that, that that speaks to the kind of guy. Look, Matthew Stafford is a smart guy. He is a guarded guy when he's on the record. Yep. I, and I I do think that came across in the in the Farmer interview as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But the the he wouldn't have written. A, this is an L.A. reporter. He wouldn't have written all that about the Lions if it wasn't like something that Matthew stressed. Yep. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's where that really that that's what I took from it was that Matthew wanted it to be a big deal that the Lions treated him right on the way out, and he he made that a point of emphasis to Farmer when they were talking, yep. and Farmer picked up on that, and that's why he he included a lot of that in the story. I'm going to glance past the Farmer. Uh underhanded softball pitch about uh clayton kershaw i want to talk about the archie so Manning. so let me let me tell you this i i talked to our rams wire editor canvas silva today he's like i'm already sick of this i had no idea i'm like dude you do you don't even know <laughs> oh man it's great Sorry, Cam. um i want to talk about did, did the, are this the i did i hadn't caught this before the Archie Manning, the the quarterback camp at Manning. I didn't Cassidy know that Academy. story either. Really that's really cool. cool. Went there. He got there early because that's who Matthew Stafford is, right? He got to throw with the Mannings. He's young, right? He thinks, holy cow, with everything these guys did, he's just blown so, away. So at, at that point, he was 17 years yeah, old. Yeah. <laughs> blown away being able to throw with these guys. And then he winds up stuck in the airport. His flight's delayed. He's trying to get back to Atlanta. There's a bunch of storms, the whole thing. Somehow the Mannings find out. Archie Manning finds out and says, come on, be our guest for dinner. Come with us. Take Matthew out of the airport. Can you imagine that? Haul him as was it was Peyton's wife wasn't right. He was Peyton's dad. Yeah. yeah. He was Peyton's date. (laughs) And it it, it gave him a real sense of respect and what respect is and how to treat people. And I think they did it with a guy who really can understand that, who can really Mm -hmm. appreciate people who treat you that way and can learn. You know what? This is something that this it's a character builder for him, too. That is something that he would emulate going on. I think it shows itself in who he is. Right. It, yeah, absolutely. And and again, you're you're not going to hear. Look, I will criticize some of the things that Matthew Stafford did on the field. Off the field, this guy was nails, man. Yeah. He, yep. he he was everything you could want from your franchise quarterback. Yep. Um, off the field and and in the locker room and in the media room and in dealing with us off the record in the media room, which is something that I know Justin Rogers had, had mentioned today. Yep. And uh, I, I had extraordinarily limited time with, with Matthew Stafford read, read once um, where we were off the record in private. Um, and, and he was, he was great. 
<laughs> I had three minutes with him once. Uh, <laughs> that, that's about what I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yep. A couple of things talks about his family being a support system. And that's something that, I mean, the family, that Stafford family, a lot, a lot of really yeah. great character there amongst all of them. I mean, and, and, you know, well. Ke- Ke- well. Ke- Ke- Kelly takes a lot of crap and she's, she's vocal. She's clearly the co-driver of their relationship. It, it's not a situation where, mm-hmm. You know, she's sitting in the background and happy to be, you know, oh, my, my husband's the quarterback of now the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I, I'm richer than I ever dreamed of when I was young. Uh, this is really cool. I'll just shut up. That ain't Kelly. Yep. Uh, and and Matt likes Matthew, Matthew Stafford likes it that way. And I, I think it's a very healthy relationship that they have. Yep. She is outspoken and she is going to advocate and try the best for her family, which includes Matthew and her, her their four girls, servant leaders and, of the family, uh, the two of them. Yeah, it's a, it's again. A, I I I don't always like how Kelly has done things, but that that's that's the way their family works, and that's that's, right. that's cool. And, and it's working and, for them, right? And and as somebody who you know, uh, my my wife who's who's over there now in earshot, um, so I I won't say too much, but um, she rules the roost here. And I get that, and I, I I understand that that that's our dynamic. So uh, I I respect I respect, I respect where Matthew is with that. Good <laughs> <laughs> and it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. That's that's the thing. It's it's a every relationship is a trade off. Every relationship has you know you have co owners, you have owners, you have different yeah. things. But if it works for both of you, that's the key. And that's you yeah. know, that's amen. Cool. That's my. Got my my twenty five year anniversary is coming up, baby. Week one, yep. Week yeah. weekend one of the NFL is my twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary. So I'm trying to balance that right now. We cracked twenty six this year or the second week. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 you know when it works, it works really well. So yeah. all right, uh, the the tinkering of the footwork. Just two more little quick things I want to talk about. Nobody really talked about that. That went under the radar here in Detroit, as far so as so. This remember, is something, right? and I have to give Eric Schlitz some credit. He pointed this out a year ago. That Matthew's his foot, his feet have changed. He's left foot forward now instead of right foot forward. So, um, in, in my covering of the Cleveland Browns with Browns Wire, it was a massive deal when Baker Mayfield switched which foot he had forward. Like, yeah. there was like days devoted on talk radio to this. Oh my God, we're changing Baker. This is <laughs> awful. What are we doing? Um, and Matthew's like nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, I got better. I, I, I learned how to put my left foot forward. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, end of story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, t- I got to react to something in the chat here. Ten, uh, Ted says Kelly hated Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer. I will tell you, I don't think that's what it was. And I'm going to tell you something that I think. I would agree with that. Uh, my experience, and I'm projecting here, but I think this is probably where it came off and it was a poor choice of words on her part. Her part. I currently live in Florida. We've been open since July. Restaurants have been open. We've we've been very cautious with how we deal with things. Uh, but my son's been in school since, since September, right? They went back and they did school and, and they're, they're off and running, right? The, the Staffords have a place in Georgia. They've visited that. They've traveled around the country. They've seen it. The vast majority of people have not traveled and have not seen anything except their very tight, close world. And they say, oh, this is how it is everywhere. I'm going to tell you, they are absolutely different worlds. Georgia opened early. Like I said, Florida was open. When I came in October, when it looked like things were on the on the drop, I, I visited with you, Riz. We went to, to Miller's, had yep. some burgers. We did. We did. 
I, I told you then. I was like, holy cow. You I were in shock. Like you I were walked, in legit shock. <laughs> I felt like I walked in on a funeral. People and then yeah. and then I came back in at the end of December again and like all the restaurants are still closed and, and you, you can get takeout, but it's on a, like the end of a fourteen foot wooden pole, they're pushing the bag out the window and stuff, right? I'm like, I was just at a hibachi restaurant and all the tables were full. They threw little pieces of plexiglass between the different parties around the, the hibachi grill, but that was it. Right. And and I was just like, these are two completely different worlds. Is one right more than the other? I'm not making an argument for or against any of those things. And that's not what I want to talk about. But what happened with Kelly, I think, is not that she hated the Governor Whitmer, but that she saw the vast difference. And that's why she said what what, what was the word she used was um, um, oppressive Dicta- or dictatorship. Yeah, that was it. Dictatorship. Oh, dictatorship. Yeah. Because and, and- it was way different than the other place she was and she experienced that vast stark difference so i think she used like i said poor choice of words but what she was trying to articulate was how different it was being handled and how hard it was i couldn't imagine doing michigan versus florida right again i talk about we didn't even go out to eat until september and everything was open right we went once because we were ready to hang each other beat each other up because no one wanted to do the dishes again no one wanted to cook again right it was not we were like somebody's gonna get hurt if we don't go out of heat (laughs) okay but it was it was one of those things right we were able to do that um Mm -hmm. when i got to michigan you saw like you said i was just you you were shell-shocked you really were yeah. yeah, yeah, the the fact that that our waitress had two masks on freaked you out. <laughs> I, I, and I will say, there wasn't the whole thing here of people shaming people for wearing masks or yelling at people or anything like that. That wasn't it, that wasn't the, the that wasn't the the thing. It was, and this is what surprises me because Michigan is one of the most libertarian states I've ever been. Like, do whatever you want until you reach my nose, and then your rights stop, right? Because because don't mess with my world, but do whatever you want in yours, right? Michigan has always been super libertarian. That way. You need to go to Texas, my friend. <laughs> uh, Florida. Florida is 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 outshone Michigan in that way. It was like it was nuts. But people respected other people's decisions and what they did and the rules. When there was arrows in the I mean, I I broke the rules in the arrows because the, the beer I wanted was right at the end of the aisle and I wasn't gonna do a full swing. I just <laughs> grabbed it and went boom. But you know, whatever. So anyway, yes. I'll, I'll get off of that topic. But yeah. I, I just think that Ted, I think she was just kind of misunderstood and had a different experience than yeah. probably 98%. And, and I will tell you for, from my, from my travels with my kids to Kentucky and Indiana to play basketball, it was eye opening how different it was in those States than Michigan as well. And that framed my point of reference for how I reacted to everything as well. Yep. yep. Um, and that's, I'll leave it at that. Yep. There you go. Again, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm not trying to make an argument, for right. that, but I'm saying it was clearly different. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and and the experiencing it firsthand was very eye opening yep. exactly. and enlightening on how, how you need to perceive what is going on. And I can see how, especially how passionate she is. I can see her, the word she chose it, it, is that reaction, right? To what you saw. Yeah. What you she's a passionate her? person and yeah. she's, she's not going to hold back. That's, that's who Kelly is. That's why Matthew loves her. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think that's one thing we want to talk about is amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Go there. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Check that out. You can uh, help anything you buy there. They give us a little kickback. You can help the show out by doing something you already do anyway. Also fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Lions podcast and cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Last thing I want to talk about is Dan Campbell. Um, this man, 
I, I I believed it when he said this, and this is the one where you said you can't you can't read him earlier. This I, is the I, one I, I time, know, Chris. I don't know. I I really believe. Like he was like when they're like, hey, would you you know for what was it for a playoff game or something? They said, would you give up an arm? He's like, would eh. you give it up? Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, no. He was like, eh, I don't know. He kind of mumbled that they were talking over him. And he's like, no, no. They clarified for a Super Bowl in Detroit. Would you do it? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, really? Oh my God, you heard it here. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Like he he was he went in again with it and was very very. I was like, I think he really might. I mean, I think and, and, and look, either way, he understands how important it is to the city, right? He, <laughs> if it's a lion biting the arm off, he's all in. <laughs> he's, he's like, wow, okay. And it, and it, it it rose the whole Peter thing like we talked about earlier in the other conversation. But the passion and the, the not, not, it's not even the passion isn't the word the, the the focus the absolute commitment when he said yeah. I would. There was no irony there. There's no, no laugh. It was like, hell yeah, I, I would do that. That's how much this means to me. Yeah. I don't know how far off he is. I think probably he'd, he'd probably balk at actually giving up the arm. But I think he would get to the point and then say, well, well hold on a minute. You guys are serious? Like, well, really? The line? Yeah. He's looking at the yeah, line. Put, put, put the chainsaw away. This ain't a Scarface remake. Right, right. <laughs> I just, but, but the fact that he, like, thought about it and was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. Right? I mean... Wow, never would have heard that from either of the previous coaches, right? You would have heard, God, no, that's, no. You know, that we're going to follow the process, and if the process requires an arm, we'll find an arm that has to go into the machine, into the lion, right? It would have been that kind of like mealy mouth BS. We don't Thinking like to talk about arms. Thinking of my wayward arms. pinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't like to talk about arms. We're going to just follow the process. Um yeah, no. This is this is a guy with passion. I love the answer. The 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 follow up stuff, like you said, is the thing. There's a lot of risk where it could have gone wrong, but I'm glad they played. Uh, Peta played it well. Yes, I, I I am not normally a fan of Peta, but I thought they played it very well to their credit. Yes, and yes. and I appreciated their press release and the way that they've handled it. So yep. thank you, Peta, for being you today. The one thing I can tell you though is that if anybody can <laughs> handle this. Uh, it's it's Dan Campbell because he's probably the only person that can empathize with being a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest that he's in right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he is so comfortable in his own skin, yeah. and I think that comes across um, when he's interviewing. Uh, th- that interview was with Barstool, I believe, wasn't it? I, I, yeah, yep. it was. Yep. It was. It was Barstool. Yep. I don't want to give them credit for it, but when he's been on with Pat McAfee, when he's been on with with anywhere else, he, he he's Dan Campbell. He's not. No, he's, he's not. not he's not. He's not who you want Dan Campbell to be. He's Dan Campbell, and who Dan Campbell wants Dan Campbell to be. Yeah. And uh, that 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 never changes. That that's a consistency of behavior. Like what did we talk about with the last regime? One of the problems was was that we liked Matt Patricia a lot off the field. You and I both yeah. did. Yep, he's a great guy. He was. Really he was cool. a, he, it, it was a different dude. He wasn't genuine to who yeah. he was when he was in front of the players, and yeah. they saw that, yeah. and it didn't work. You need to be you. We do not first. have that problem with Dan Campbell or Brad Holmes yeah. or Chris Spielman you or got- Mark Brunel or Aaron Glenn or Anthony Lynn. That's one of the reasons why the Chargers players loved Anthony Lynn because yeah. he was the same dude all the time. Advice beyond football. You got there because of who you are. The last yeah. thing you want to do is be somebody different once you get there because only thing you're going to do yep. is drive people away because they're going to look at you and say, I can't trust that person because I don't really Broad, know who they are. phony. Yep. Go away. I don't trust you. Yep. So if there's yep. anything to learn from this former regime that's it's that you can use in your life, 
is as you find yourself in leadership positions and moving your way up, remember you got there because of who you are and what you know and how you do it. Don't try to be something that you're not. Please don't. Everybody will be happier and better for it. And you'll be better off for it, too. Absolutely. And on that bombshell... We'll call it a show. How about that? Remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You get access to the Slack. You get access to the Discord. The Discord, I, I have an idea for the Discord. I know you don't have Discord access on your phone, Riz, and we absolutely love the conversations. You're so active with us in the Slack and, and, and amongst the, you know, the other stuff. We don't want to lose that, but I have something we can use this Discord for that's going to be a great added bonus for our Patreon people. As little as a dollar a month will get you access, go ahead and do that. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get yourself in there. Have some fun uh, with us. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and as you see spelled right there, at Jeff Risden. At Jeff Risden. He's a great follow. He's got all kinds of good stuff. That's, that's, that's... He is super interactive. We both I, I forgot my I'm mirrored. <laughs> 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 and join join Riz with the cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave a message. We'll get your, your, your call on the air. Love to get you folks on the air. We're going to start taking please some more calls. Please do it. Please call. We, love, we, we really do love the calls. <laughs> we are going to take more calls here as the offseason goes on, too. We will also do some, um, some live shows. We've got some things we're lining up as AMAs as well, um, where you can take advantage within the Reddit, and we'll be able to do calls live with um, people people you know. You know certain, certain people. People you know. All right, got a lot going on. Remember, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. So what happens, Riz? So we can come into your ears automatically. That's right. Who else? Who wouldn't want that? Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bags, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.